Which did you like better, Jedi or The Empire Strikes Back? Empire. Blasphemy. Empire had the better ending. I mean, Luke gets his hand cut off, finds out Vader's his father, uh, hand gets frozen, take away by Boba Fett. It ends on such a down note. I mean, that's what life is, a series of down endings. All, all Jedi had was a bunch of Muppets. Podcast is scheduled for one fall. One fall! With a 60 minute time limit coming out of the black corner and a combined weight of 666 pounds, recording to you from the belly of the Tauntaun. I'm your boy Xander Hobbs. This is Bobby B, and we are bringing you Podcasting Perfection Personified. Bringing you once again the episode of the Wrestleocalypse. It is upon us. And it sure is. Happy May 4th to everybody. May the 4th be with you. It is Star Wars Day, and all the marks are out in full effect. And um, we have another jam-packed episode of cool shit to bring to you. Yes, indeed. But before we get to cool shit, we have to talk about the week in wrestling. And it was a doozy, as it always is, Monday through Friday. You can get your uh, professional wrestling fix, or if you're more of a sports entertainment fan, you can um, go through that sadist uh, exercise of watching uh, Monday Night Raw. That's not my. That's not what I do. No. But there's lots of wrestling to cover, so let's jump into it with a little bit of AEW Dynamite. All right. Well, I saw. I saw half of it because I've had another busy week. And so I saw the highlights of what I needed to see. But um, I'm just going to start you off here and then you can go into yours. Um, Hangman and uh, Brian Cage opened up the show. Hangman took a crazy beat down and he looked good in defeat. Um, I'm just going to say it's like he's come a long way since the inception of AEW and he looked good in defeat. They did the right thing by building up Cage. And Hangman doesn't really lose anything from taking and uh, taking the L, so I wasn't too upset about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know the way they kind of like jumped him at the beginning really made it pretty obvious he was going to take the loss. Like if if he won, if he beat Brian Cage after the beatdown, that would have like diminished Brian Cage so much. Right. And I like how this was a good way to elevate Brian Cage above the rest of the Team Taz players. Um, I really liked Taz's commentary. I like how you know they're giving him a hard time, and he goes, "What? It was before the bell. We didn't yeah. do anything wrong." <laughs> and just like classic Taz, which is great, um, dude. Brian Cage is a big man. Yeah. And to do that standing moonsault is impressive. Like, it, it is. He is an athlete. He is. And I'm glad because I've been watching him even before EW. And I'm glad that they kind of toned down his moveset because he, he used to do a lot more like high flying stuff. And we've talked about it in past episodes that like 
you know, the big guy shouldn't need to do that all the time. And um, he should display more of his power, which he's done. And because I just remember that match he had with uh, John, the former Johnny Mundo in Impact, where he did a standing C4 on the outside and he won the belt, but then he was out for like a month with a busted back. I was like, it's just not necessary. But anyways, before I go off on a tangent, yeah, Brian Cage is a specimen. I'm stoked they're doing more stuff with him. He needs to be in the forefront if he's going to stay in Team Taz, and it looks like that's the direction they're going with him. So that's that, that was good booking right there. Yeah, and that I think was one of the things about Team Taz that was kind of they were scuffling with was like Taz is such a good like character commentator he's obviously very good at what he does he knows more about wrestling than i he's forgotten more about wrestling than i'll ever know um, right so his stable behind him he's not a wrestler you need to have the dominant wrestler like and so it was cool that they've really established that and they've done it over the last couple of weeks when they had the little like he gave respect to sting and that causes a riff and yeah but it's good like you know powerhouse hobbs is not at brian cage's level and he should not be in the stable Right. No. You need, there are levels to this. So I did really like that. I like picking that out as the first part. Um, they had a good show. I really liked their show. They kind of went through this one little, uh, you know, I get what they're doing. So the pinnacle and the inner circle, they're kind of at the forefront because they're doing their blood and gut shit tomorrow night. Yes. And, but really all they've really been doing is kind of just yapping at each other. They had the sweet beat down where uh, inner circle came out of the bathroom, you know? Um, and it was good. I like this time, how everybody kind of got a chance to talk except for yeah. people who shouldn't like Hager. Exactly. But uh, they really moved that forward. And I'm really interested to see how next week goes down. So I really like that. Um, and then there was just a lot of like, I don't know, they 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 pushed a lot of storyline forwards, but there was a lot of good wrestling too. Um, I thought that uh, the Statlander and Penelope Ford match was good. And again, I just think it goes back to what we talked about is how much better this women's division is getting on a weekly basis. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I agree with that. And it's like they're doing the right thing by letting the wrestlers that can go in front of the camera be on dynamite. And then the rest of them can be on dark or elevation and, you know, kind of more, you know, tighten up the screws and hone their craft a little bit better and iron out the king. So they're doing a good job with that. Like, you know, the, the people that are supposed to be on dynamite are on dynamite. And that's why you say this is the most influential wrestling podcast, because we've said that on multiple occasions that, you know, they have a big enough roster and not everybody needs to be on dynamite. That should be the A show. That should be the show that everybody should be moving up to on the, especially now since they have elevation and um, what they really turned the corner here in presenting the people that need to be featured more. Yeah. And I think in doing that, they've got more cohesive storylines, right? Then they have, and they've got a nice, they've got a nice mid card niche. We're going to talk about that. I think right next, the top of the card is strong. Like yes. we've got, so I like how they've really, and it's taken them a while as it should. And, and obviously we don't love everything they do. Uh, and this was kind of a nice, this was a nice uh, episode because they didn't get into kind of that rut. They get into where it becomes a battle Royale, 12 man tag match spot after spot after spot a lot of this was a very very kind of old school traditional wrestling show um yeah but really like 
Cody Rhodes has become kind of the is the mid card workhorse now. Yeah, and the whole his faction and everything. I, I love that. What do you think about that? Cody Rhodes is a big enough name so he can mold the mid card to where it needs to be. Because, like I've always said, a strong mid card is very important to the game. Because it's like you know you don't you want to make sure every point of the show is watchable. And so if you have a shit mid card, you know why would every anybody want to tune in? Because that's the lead up to the main event. So I think it's a perfect spot for Cody, and I'm sure he's put himself in there. And I think that is definitely the right thing to do. Yeah, and he brings the, it, it was nice how he came back, although he was obviously standing at the like they tried to sell it that he wasn't as as QT stumbles to the nightmare factory. Um nightmare family bus you could tell that cody rhodes was there and that was like a little camera you know maybe do something put a treatment on the window you can't see through it but it was cool could he give him the beat down they got up on the top of the bus he flexed it was it was nice it was a nice return he looks shredded man oh yeah uh, the guy the guy's been training like a beast like if i was watching some old clips of him and man that guy's put on at least like 20 pounds of muscle of muscle yeah and that was cool and i did like how you know, again, they kind of move this feud forward in a nice way. I like how, you know, the guns kids came out and he came out with the like the rap on his ribs because he took the punch. So right. again, it's good. Probably one of my favorite things of the episode was Miro putting the beat down on Kip Sabian. Oh, he did. He I see, I did. Because he had been trying to get a hold of Kip Sabian since the arcade anarchy or yes event. And so Kip Sabian showed long tracking shot, likes that a lot. Uh walks in the locker room and Miro's there and he beats him down. Good. Just beats him down. Makes him he says, You have to pay your dues. It's time to pay your dues. Slams his arm in the door. And at the end he goes in and he goes, I forgive you. And he walks out. It, <laughs> I gotta, like I gotta you have to check it out. it out. It's super cool. It it's finally represents, I think, the beginning of uh, Ford movement for the Miro character. Good. And they've really booked him as a badass. Like he hasn't taken really any pins or any losses. He's here and there with some of these crazy matches with best friends. But I think it'll be nice. I think they're really building uh, him up, and when he makes his kind of presence felt it just adds another just badass to the to the roster right on did you catch the um the whole thing with scu coming out and kind of the promo on the bucks i did good promo good promo that's that's obviously going to be a good match those guys know each other really well so you know there's that's that's not going to be bad at all yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. And then um, the whole thing with sending like Eddie Kingston and Mox get their get their tag match, and the way right. they did it was cool. Um, you know, just moving the story forward. Really, not like a yeah. big. It wasn't a big part of the show. Um, I think the last two things we got to talk about are one, the main event, ten yeah. versus Darby Allen. They really sold the ten thing, kind of as like kind of again bringing the Brody Lee thing into it which I understand Um, Darby Allen is continuing to put on good main event matches defending his title which I'm super impressed with He's still kind of gimmicky in a way, but I think like it just works and I like it. So yeah, if it works, there's no reason to change it. And it's like he's putting on matches, good matches with all different kinds of wrestlers, which is like which should take away the stigma of him just being like this 
um, daredevil stunt guy, you know? So it's, it's, it was good from the highlights of what I saw. I'm going to go back and like, you know, watch it more in depth so I can get a good idea of where, you know, this is at, but yeah, he's been doing well and he's been carrying that title nicely. So I'm interested to see how everything moves along. Well, how everything's going to move along is going to be interesting because after the match, Scorpio sky comes out with Ethan page, put a little beat down, Scorpio Sky gets the coward sting in the heel hook to end the show. Ah. Going back to the Scorpio Sky loss to Darby Allen, where right. you know it was that is that fudgy ending, right? Yep. And then and then uh, Darby Allen gave him the old pat on the back, and Scorpio Sky turned full heel as he should have been. Um, put him in the heel hook. So I like that continuity. I think it's really good. I like how they finally gone full heel with Scorpio Sky yes. because he's not doing anything with SCU anymore. No. And he's good singles talent. Like the, I like, I, I'm a big fan. So obviously I'm biased, but I am, um, I'm a big fan too. And I don't think, you know, I think he gets kind of put on the back burner when he's with SCU because Kazarian and Daniels have been in the game for so long and they're so good. So he, kind of becomes an afterthought not his fault it's just like the you know the talent that he's with is just legendary you know so it's good with him on his own i like him being with ethan page ethan page is awesome i can't wait to see more of him and so this is good like they have a lot of storylines that are going they're all making sense the show's easy to follow so from what i've saw and with the highlights and everything in front of you was said i'd say it's a good episode of dynamite yeah, I was very I, – I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. So um, I liked it a little bit more, more than NXT. Yeah, NXT seemed a little bit talk-heavy, and the matches weren't so great, and it's maybe because I'm not into a lot of the matches that were on there. Like, I'm not a fan of – I'm still not con- sold on Bronson Reed or Austin Theory. Um, and you know how my feelings about the way. Um it's uh, the Mercedes Martinez wrestled in the first match against Dakota Kai. It might be, she might be first in line for a title shot. I don't know who's heel and who's face because Gonzalez and Dakota Kai were like the faces for a little bit. And then they put that beat down on Martinez after. And I'm, I don't, I'm not convinced with Martinez as a baby face. There's nothing baby faceish about her. Like she's a monster. So, I mean, that's a little confusing right there. Not for me, but for just somebody else that's trying to get into it. You know, it kind of takes away, you know, who to root for and kind of takes the sales out of something. You need to have those kind of defined roles when you do stuff like this. Yeah. And I feel in a, almost in a, in a way like Mercedes Martinez and, and Raquel Gonzalez are very similar characters. Yeah. Like you could have seen them booking uh, Martinez the same way going against Io Shirai. For sure. Like the dominant beat down, don't get up type thing. Like, and that's where I think it's weird. And I don't know where they're going with Martinez. And I don't think they're taking the title off Gonzalez. No, there's no way. So I think if, if we trust Triple H, I think they're more building up with a feud with Dakota Kai. Right. That seems like she has to wrestle. She can't just be the valet, the 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 talker. You know, she she's too good to waste that talent to not have right. And you could tell by the way the commentators are talking, like they're definitely foreshadowing something going on, you know, me and saying like 
Dakota, they're both champions and Dakota Kai, they're, um, Raquel Gonzalez wouldn't be there without Dakota Kai. And, you know, all that's all those little seeds that they're planting. You can tell that that's where it's headed, which is fine. But, you know, if Dakota Kai takes another loss and now we're back to where does she go from there? Because I don't I think and maybe that's just me being biased that she's too good of a talent to just be like treading water. And I feel like that's what she's going to do when she takes the loss to Gonzalez, if she does. Do you think she costs Gonzalez? Do you think Dakota Kai costs Gonzalez a title against Martinez or something like that? Uh, I mean, so they break up. I can see her. I mean, Getting jealous. I would, I'd be much better with her costing the title um, to get a feud going that way, but not to Mar- Mercedes Martinez. I don't think right. she's been built up enough to be holding the title. I think it should go to someone else. But like we said, there's not really, they've worked all this way to get Gonzalez going there. So they need to like kind of let that marinate. And if that's the end game that they're going towards, then just stretch it out a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. It's weird. It's weird. They, they've done very, obviously, they've done phenomenal with their women's, women's division for so long. Right. And eventually Io Shirai is coming back. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, we're gonna, we can see. I I have patience for it because of that. Um, and also, I love their tag team champions. To be honest, yeah, MSK is cool. Like, I'm trying to get into their characters a little bit more because I'm so used to them as the rascals, and I thought that was a cool aspect of them, not just being these good wrestlers, but. You know, I'm kind of biased to the stoner vibe. So, like, it's, I, I always dug that. But I mean, they looked good in the ring and will, they'll never be knocked for their in ring work. So, I'm stoked with them. And then it looks like they're going to be continuing the feud with uh, Legato de, del Fantasma, which is fine because I like that stable. And all three of those guys are really good. So, I like that little feud that's happening right now. Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought that was a great main event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was great. super it was fun. Awesome. Everybody got offense in. The beatdown happened at, like, you know, the faces got beat down. Heel stood tall. Yeah. Especially coming after the surprising win of Kushida. Right. It was nice to see Escobar get his his revenge a little bit, you know? Exactly. And it was cool because when they both, when Kushida got laid out and then, um, I think it was Wentz that got laid out. I, I don't I don't remember his name in NXT, but and then it was just um you know the other dude um in the ring and then he kind of fought back and you're like, oh shit, maybe they'll pick it up. And then, you know, it was just too much in the end and um Legado del Fantasma ended up picking up the win and what I agree was a great match. Yeah, it was a great match. Um I think uh it was definitely the match of NXT. Oh, easily. No yeah, no questions about that. Um, yeah, I liked, I also like, I thought that this, this episode was really tag team heavy. Oh, it was for sure. You know, they had the, the girls, young veterans came on their suits. They tried to call out MSK, but we got the reintroduction of one of my favorite tag teams because I'm a sucker, but toothless Timmy and old man Champa yep. coming out and Champa's fucking ripped, dude. Yeah, he is. I see his um, Instagram workouts, you know, here and there. And the guy's got a just a really good training schedule. Man, the guy is like, the guy is just shredded to the bones. He knows what to do. Like, it's it really, you can tell he puts in work. And especially with his like, injury history, he has to be like, you know, top notch. So, and I'm looking forward to Ciampa, Thatcher, and the Grizzled Young Vets because that's just going to be a hard hitting, um, snug, stiff match. Yeah, and then we have the um, Shotzi and Ember Moon. 
Right. They were supposed to have a match, but obviously the way got involved. But so that was like a key part of the the episode. And um, obviously the main event featured two of the to the great ones. And then just to sprinkle a little bit more on there, let's just get a uh, Imperium. Killian Dane and uh, Drake Maverick out there for a tag team match, too. Yeah, yeah very tag team heavy, and I'm not going to complain about that. If you look in the past archives, you know we're both big fans of tag team wrestling. So, yeah, no complaints over here with that. Yeah, man. I Like, they were trying to work a little story in with the Imperium one and the Killian Dane thing. I don't know how much longer the Beast of Belfast and old... Uh, Drake Maverick are going to stick together. This kind of seems like they're going to because Killian Dane, like basically crushed everybody once they beat up on, on Drake Maverick and he threw Drake Maverick to get the pin, um, but almost to get the pin Uh, Imperium stands tall through, through ways, but they showed some cracks in their armor as well. So um, yeah, it was like, it was a very interesting episode of NXT. Uh, Like you said, a little yappy, yappy, but, um, you know, it's better than most of the stuff that's coming out from that production. Agree to agree. But then before we get into that, um, we have MLW Fusion, which I did not check out. So you'll have to take the lead on this one. Yeah, man. I only got like a couple things to talk about. It wasn't a bad episode. It was very, it was basically like very Tom Lawler, Von Eric centric von eric's open the match um then they have tom lawler tom lawler gets it so the marshal has to get drug tested just doing his tom lawler ways um they had a really nice joseph simail promo basically shutting down the hammerstone fatu challenge basically saying like hey sorry hammerstone you don't call the shots and when i need a refrigerator moved i'll call you you big dumb idiot which was super classic awesome and i love like the contra angle is one of the strongest storylines that mlw has and the way they continue it is great um like they did some stuff to help build the Leo Rush versus Myron Reed rematch. Leo Rush didn't couldn't couldn't be bothered to show up to the press conference. Um, but the highlight of the of the night for sure was the Tom Lawler Von Erich match, which you know tar- just Tom Lawler he just gets it. Yeah, despite sure. his his short shorts, and yeah. they weren't always that short. No, he he just changed it that way when he turned heel. Which yeah. is fine, you know, like, I mean, yeah, Tom Waller is good because he can roll babyface, he can roll heel. I like him better as a heel, but it's just like, because he's that funny heel, but then when he gets in the ring, it's all business. So, yeah, I'll be checking that out, too, as well, when I, you know, get around yeah. to it. And, of course, because it is what it is, there was no clean finish. There was no pin. No. It just turned out to be, like, a big brawl. Well, there was a pin, but it was a dirty pin, and, and just... This seems to happen a lot with MLW, and it's probably only becoming one of the things I would, the one of the nits I would pick, is like a lot of their main events. They've got these people who know, they don't want them to lose at all, so exactly. it's always these weird brawls and shenanigans, and which with Team Filthy, you know, like that's how it goes, right? You're gonna get shenanigans. No, I with, agree. Contra, you're gonna get shenanigans, right? Um, one quick side note: I did read. Uh, internet wrestling community article about mlw and just a lot of high marks from insiders coming about tank man 
Oh just yeah. The way he works and the and just you know, kind of a guy that probably has a future in front of him. So yeah. again, I'm not necessarily sold as much. I liked his, you know, I liked his last match that he had, and then I know he did. I think he participated in that um, Josh Barnett thing, yes. the last one. Yeah. So I mean, obviously he's making a name for himself. So it'll be interesting to see how they fit him into the fold. Yeah. And we'll see, like, I'm not, you know, going to annoy him either, but like he's moving in the right direction. So, you know, he can only get better from here on out. So, yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree on that. All right, then to wind up the first half, like a top, we're going to go to the, uh, the remaining promotions of the week, which is raw SmackDown impact impact is actually just getting thrown in here because, but um, yeah. I'm going to start SmackDown. It was actually like a pretty big episode. Um, I did read the uh, insider. Uh, they wanted to really stack the card because they were going up against the NFL draft. Right. Which is silly. I know. Because it's like, you can't have like who watches the fucking draft. I have a phone. I have internet. Yeah. Like, but it was, I felt a pretty decent episode of SmackDown, um, mostly because I liked the opening match. It was like a lot of storytelling, but it was a little bit of promo with some good wrestling. Although when WWE does these like multi-gender, multi-people matches, it's very weird. And, but at least like, you know, the commentators did a good job. Like no, explaining yeah. like why when a man jumps in another man gets to jump in without tagging um <laughs> but it was basically like storytelling it was getting trying to get these feuds over with two weeks left to go right right them rushing to everything again um yeah it's i i don't know too much i i guess the main thing to get to i don't know if you want to just get to that is um we had the match with daniel bryan and roman reigns for the title and if Daniel Bryan lost he's gone banished from Smackdown and so we, I'm not going to get too much into it because that's in the mailbag but we're going to say happy trails to Daniel Bryan for a little bit because he put Roman Reigns over again very big especially at the end of the match I mean the match was great obviously it was a good match but then you know they took the beat down Cesaro rolled out and he was forced to watch Daniel Bryan catch another concerto to yeah. send him on his way yeah, that was awesome. Um, it was a great match. The whole the way they built that episode around that match was really good. Um, the Paul Heyman promo when he came out and was like, oh, "I am so tired of Jaden and Brian," and he kept doing the yes, yes, yeah. yes, and he built it all the way up to the no, 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 and it's like Jesus, man! Like that guy has obviously been in the industry for so long, but like. His value as a performer and his value in helping get Roman Reigns over right. is at the top of the fucking list. Like, oh, for sure. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I think probably the other thing that I really like, like, again, I did like, I, I like the whole like KO, Biggie, Apollo Crews. Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn intertwining chaos with this big dude who like gives people the Nigerian nail. I mean, like it's just fun. 
I don't know where they're going with any of this. And in some ways, I think it kind of maybe diminishes all of them. But like, well, maybe not Sami Zayn. Because him dancing over Kevin Owens, him giving him the hell of a kick. Yeah, that was, that was fun. It's just fun. But like, I don't know where they're going with Biggie and Apollo Crews. And it seems like they're trying to make Apollo Crews a somewhat like serious champion. So I don't know. But I like this segment. And then uh, basically after that, we talk about Raw and like, they're trying to do something with this three way at the top of the card. And it's just not working for me. Although I do like watching Drew McIntyre give Braun Strowman a Claymore. Right. Oh, you but forgot like, to mention this just before we go to Raw is um, Team RK Bro. Oh, yeah, thank you, Marque, bro. I I think that's cool. Like, I know it's just I know it's an old trope that they like to use is the two people that don't get along and they're totally different, but it just works and it seems to be over. So, like, I I want to see where that goes. Like, I like both those guys, and I think it's a new thing for Randy Orton to be doing. Like, you know, now that he seems to be done with the Fiend, and um, and that just puts Matt Riddle in a good spot because he's with Randy Orton. So. Yeah, and I did see on uh, the Twitter machine that the old man Mick Foley, he likes it. He says it reminds him of a little rock and sock combo. Right, right. That I mean, there there are some similarities. There are. I can agree with that. But yeah, so that was just another good high point of SmackDown. Okay, but now back to the dumpster fire that's Monday Night Raw. Yeah, totally. Um, that's like the three, the top of the card struggles. That doesn't bear, bode well for what's going to go happen with the brand at Backlash. Um, I, at this point, like they have to have Lashley retain. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got to. I mean, right. they, they and he's probably going to pin Strowman, right? Like, I think that's what Strowman's there for is to take the pin. Right. Which is stupid because guess what's going to happen on the women's side of the same fucking thing? Guess who just got herself into the Backlash Championship last night? Oh, yeah, Charlotte. Of course. Yeah, so, I'm not surprised. I don't think she's going to win, but she's not going to take the pin because it's like she can't she can't beat Rhea Ripley again. Yeah, but she I mean I, I know she's probably not going to take the pin, which is stupid, but you know, I just I'm just tired of her. It, everything, uh, every time she's on something, I, I'm tuned out because like she's there to like be in the high profile match, but won't take the pin. Oscar once again takes the pin, and it's just like it's just fucking bullshit. Like, how do you build the division if like she's stronger than everyone? If she's stronger than the title, so it's like, I mean, hopefully this changes, and hope maybe she's got some heat over the Andrade thing, but she should take the pin here because it's like nothing. She doesn't lose anything getting pinned. She can get pinned for the next two years, and she's she'll still be fine. Like it's just I, it's, I'm just tired of it. Honestly, I don't have enough time to watch the same old bullshit. I barely have time to watch the bullshit that I like. Right, right. The new bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I did see that Andrade is uh, challenging for some AAA stuff, and he's coming yeah. back to them. And apparently, he's going to get his first match against uh, he who shall not be named due to his nefarious behavior. Right. But um, yeah, man, I don't have anything on Impact to be honest. Yeah, did we just? I mean, I put it on there because I saw something, but I forgot to write it down. So I, in essence, I forgot. So, I mean, the belt collector is the impact champion. So we'll just be keeping a lookout, seeing if he makes any appearances there and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we can't catch it all. Nope. 
It's impossible. Improbable, I should say. Improbable. Yes, improbable indeed. But you know what's not improbable? Is the cool shit is going to make the panties drop. Exactly. And so we're going to take a quick powder and we're going to come at you with the hardest hidden shit on the planet. Yeah, which is going to be, um, it's going to be a Walter match or it's going to be that, uh, what was it? The Kenny Omega versus um... Ishii. Yeah. Yeah. The King was... of the Cell versus the No Cell. But, anyways, I digress. See you guys in a bit. All right. Once again, we're back with your favorite segment, my favorite segment, Bobby's favorite segment, the Dark Lord's favorite segment, and Mr. Klaus's favorite segment. What do we like to call it? We like to call it cool shit. And what do we start off with cool shit? Well, it depends on who's running the uh, U.S. Postal Service at the time, but likely the rest of Apocalypse being at the top of the list. Santa Claus delivers our mail year round. We don't send letters to him. He brings letters to us. And we call it the mailbag and he brought and us a, a deep one. this week folks we got a deep mailbag so let's just uh get to it all right <clears throat> clark griswold jr i like this simple question easy to read do you think daniel bryan is really done in wwe no he said his contract's not up in september yeah <laughs> And it's like, and on, and and even more seriously, like, listen to how they stress that he's banished from SmackDown. And in WWE, even if they said that he's banished from the company, you know them, they can't leave anything down. So they'll ha- have someone back in like two weeks. He's not done. It's to move the storyline. The guy wants to, you know, kind of like lay off wrestling all the time. He's been putting in a lot of work. He wants to spend time with his kids. I can commend that, you know. Yeah. So, He's made a he's made a bunch of comments about how you know he's still like yes he was able to come back from his neck injury it doesn't mean that he's like fucking invincible right like he said he's like dude the tag team match two weeks ago like took it out of me you know and I want to so he's trying to find his balance of reducing workload contributing the company plus here's the deal dude like he's married to Abella. Yes. Like they're they're not the first family of wrestling because that's Triple H and Stephanie, but like right. they're up there, man. Like, and they will probably always have a job and a role in the company in one yeah. way. Yeah. And even when his contract winds down, he said like 
he doesn't want to be wrestling. He will probably have like a backstage job. I don't know. I'm just speculation, but it's like, you know, as much as we like these guys, you know, especially Daniel Bryan, like I'll never be that selfish fan that goes, Oh, he should wrestle forever until we hate him. And it's like, the guy wants to be a dad and he wants to spend time with his kids. And how many stories have we heard of these guys missing birthdays, missing graduations, doing this stuff. He doesn't want to do that. So, you know, there's, I have a lot of respect for that. Am I going to miss him when he eventually calls it into career? Yes. But you know, there's, there's more important things and his personal life being valuable and, you know, being there for his kids is something to be said for. So, you know, uh, I'm never going to get mad at that. Yeah. And he's, and he has the ability to write himself out in like a really cool way. So, right. Uh, side note on Daniel Bryan real quick though. Did you see like how he was praising the belt collector? Yes. See, that- Real knows real, man. Oh, yeah. And real that'd, be, real. that'd be a great match to see uh, Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It would be awesome to just do it in a video game and do it all through, like, all of their different iterations. Right. Like, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kenny Omega versus, like, Ring of Honor, Brian Danielson. Yep. And just, like, be able to go through the whole thing. It would be cool. Be, that'd be cool. I bet it's going to happen. Just saying. Yeah. Influential. People do that. <laughs> This next question is from Starman. He asks, what were your guys' thoughts on the NFL draft? Um, I don't have really any. I mean, I the Cowboys, from what I saw, drafted a mostly defense, which I said they should do. Um, it's hard because I don't, I didn't watch too much college football this year. So I don't really know too much about any of these guys except for what they say on ESPN. And so um we'll just have like i said we'll just have to wait and see because it's been such a weird year and it's like even these guys that played college didn't really get the reps that they needed so the test is going to be on the field and then you know whatever they do so that's just what i have to say about that like i it's it's just hard because like i said i haven't watched since i stopped gambling i haven't watched too much college football so i mean you'd probably more than know than i know more than i would star man but bobby what did you think yeah man this is like one of the few things that i kind of did like pay attention to this weekend and a lot of it i did because um my brother-in-law and my sister are niners fans and they were like at the center of a lot of that's right a lot of the hubbub. Um, so obviously, just real quick, number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. He's like the long-haired guy, Clemson dude, right? Yeah. He obviously went number one to the Jaguars, which seems like a work. But if that puts more money in the Khan family pockets, well, that just means more wrestlers come to AEW, my friend. So be it. So I'm not hating on that. Um, and here's the thing, right? Like, top three picks are all QBs seems like it it always is and probably the QB that was picked in the second round on the fourth pick is gonna be better than all of them yeah right and that's what's so crazy like you said um you gotta wait and see um I think that you know Dallas Cowboys legacy NFL team picks a linebacker from Penn state. I mean, it's like, we're writing shit from 40 years ago. Not that I think that's wrong. Um, but I, you know, again, who knows about any of these guys? Of course the Patriots pick Mac Jones from Alabama. 
Right. But the rumors that Garoppolo might get traded there, back there, because they picked Trey Lance with the third pick. And I think that's really what we're going to see. I think this year it's all going to suss out uh, between now and opening day. Yeah. I don't know if they call it opening day. What do they call it in football? Kickoff? Kickoff day, kickoff season, whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, I'm not too upset. Dallas picked what they needed. You know what I mean? They're thin at linebacker, especially with Sean Lee retiring. And they got safety, a safety and a, and a corner. And then I didn't see what happened from there. I just wanted to make sure that they didn't do anything stupid like Jerry Jones likes to do sometimes. Yeah, I definitely think the things that other things caught my eye is Patrick Sertan second is in the league. Yep. Proving above all, it's a lot of it is fucking genetics. Like you can work your ass off, but it helps if you come from a lineage of professional athletes. For sure. Look at the math. And I think the other one, the biggest one probably is the Chicago Bears, number 11, taking Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot of interesting articles I read about this. Like my boss is from is a alumnus from um, Ohio State. I refuse to say the before. Yeah, I won't call it that. Um, but like, I mean, the dude is a physical specimen. You know, he's highly touted by a coach. He came from a big time program. Um, but I just wonder if that's the place that, sh- that quarterbacks go to die. Chicago. Yeah. Well, they it's it's been the place where mediocre quarterbacks go to get even shittier. So it's not, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like remember that head scratcher when they picked Trubisky? I was Dude, just like, I was like Rex, Rex sexy Rexy Grossman is like, what are you talking about? That was my <laughs> best season. That was my best year. Right. But the guy is a stud. Like maybe the plan is to not is to be a ground and pound, use your quarterback option. Like, you know, there's a lot of similar narrative coming out from what they did with um, Russell Wilson. Yeah, I know. He's so smart, cerebral, passed all the tests and all this. So I think that's super interesting um, to watch. And he was the pick right before the Cowboys. But, you know, and then on the the, side, a quick side note, though, it's like speaking of Russell Wilson, I hear he's a little bit disgruntled with what's going on in Seattle. And so is um, Aaron Rodgers. For a matter of fact, in Green Bay, so we'll have to see how that all that stuff unfolds. Like, because like the Packers are saying they won't trade him. Or, uh, I don't know. This is all like hearsay and stuff like that. But I just hear, I just hear what's going on on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, like Patriots example. You don't give up a Super Bowl winning quarterback. No, yeah, no. Unless it's unless they're playing like Ben Roethlisberger. True, that's very true. But it's like, dude, that's the most important position of your offense. It It is touches the ball. That in the center touches the ball every single time. Yep, those two. So it's like, I mean, yeah, those two positions very important. So yeah, and the Cowboys have a stud, so they don't need either of those jabronis. Nope, they don't need those guys. So, well, thanks for the question. This next one is from the original bro, and he asks, or she, no, no, I know you guys talk about life stuff getting in the way sometimes, and how busy your schedules are. I was wondering if you had any tips, as I'm feeling overwhelmed lately, and without getting too personal, I'm trying to see if you guys have and had any suggestions. Well. Bro, um, since hence, your question is hence very dude, hence dude, not bra, 
I know, right? Come Since on. your question is pretty open-ended and vague, I mean, it's just like what I do, because I've been getting overwhelmed with things and stuff, as most of you guys know, I'm in school and everything like that, is um, as I have little bouts of freaking out. I'm only human, but it's like what helps me is... I try to focus on the things I can control because in life, most of the stuff that gets in your way is stuff that you cannot control. And if you try to control everything, you're going to fucking go nuts as I have in the past and kind of find myself doing sometimes. So get the things done that you can do control the things that you can. Like if you're getting overwhelmed, pet your dog, you know what I mean? Eat a good dinner, um, go work out and get those endorphins out. Go for a walk. Even, I mean, those little things, they may sound very minuscule, to the problems that you have but like they'll help a lot and clear your and a clear head if you have a clear head you can tackle on a lot more than you think and that's my best suggestion without knowing exactly what you're going through yeah i think i think that's all really great advice um i think one of the things i've slowly become to realize is like you know, in our heads, a lot of times we make mountains out of molehills. We invent stories about shit. Like instead of dealing with a problem, we stew on it. And then once you get in your head, you you know, you see a colleague or a, or a you know, fellow student in the hallway, and they don't say hi, and you're like, they fucking hate me. Well, fuck them. I hate them too. And you build this thing, but really, that person had a bad day. Like their kid's sick at home or something, and you know what? They just didn't say hi. And it's like we build a lot of stuff up in our minds. And I think anything you can do to just recenter yourself, exercise is really great. Um, there's a lot of really good apps. And, and you know, as far as like, and it's not for everybody, but like meditation or just moments of stillness or there's lots of things that people do that can help. And like nutrition matters a ton too. Like if you're having a bad time, that's not the time to like, you know, go get the 750 of vodka and like crush it. Exactly. And even though you want to, I get that. Like we all do, but those aren't those times to do that. You know, like save that for celebrations and it'll just like really recalibrate your equilibrium. Um, right. That's something that I've had to learn too. Like as, as you go through life. So <clears throat> I hope, I hope you find some moments of clarity um, like I said, the Headspace app, um, if you have Amazon Prime, there's a lot of guided meditations and just carving out some time just to have some quiet time can really help too. Like, right. we're all go, go, go all the time. Yeah. Oh shit. Put down the fucking phone. My bad. Like yeah. get off and get off the Twitter feed. Don't, you don't read every news article about Biden or Trump or anything going on. And that helps a lot too, because that's built in anxiety, right? That's creating anxiety in your life. And real quick, when we say like meditation, like, you know, don't think like we expect you to be like a Buddhist monk and like sit there for hours. It's like, just like a simple five minutes of like self-talk saying that you're like saying that you're going to have a good day and saying whatever you're going to do is going to be successful. Those things help, but just concentrating on whatever it is that you want to achieve that day or that week or that month will help a lot. Like people, you know, use positive self-talk as kind of a cliche, but it's really not. Because just a quick example, back in the day when I used to get like really, really agitated, one thing would go wrong. I'd be like, fuck this, this day is going to fucking suck. And then lo and behold, the day sucks. But then like, you know, now, you know, I'll find my, catch myself doing it sometimes and I'll just turn it around and put it into a positive thing. And the day ends up being better than I thought it would be. So it's just like, there's 24 hours in the day. 
five minutes of something bad isn't going to fuck the whole day up. So just remember that. Yeah, that's great advice, man. That's great advice. Um, thanks for the question. I appreciate you coming with us, something like out there, and I hope you get some value out of it. Um, bad news, Giggity. He's probably going to get some value out of this uh, answer, but his question is, I really enjoy your guys' music selection, as everybody does. Yep. I added that. I'm sorry. And share similar taste. Of course you do. Um, you featured some bands with new albums on the last episode. Have you heard the new Cannibal Corpse? And if you have, what do you think? Coincidentally, because I saw this earlier today, I have listened to the new Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> I listened to it today at work. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I think this is more uh, of Xander's realm. So I, you can take take the take the lead and I'll follow up with the uh, the slam dunk at the end. All right. Hot tag coming in. Um, I've heard it and I've listened to it multiple times and it fucking kicks ass like um it's been it's been in my um rotation especially at the gym i mean campbell corpse has been a band that's been in the game for a long fucking time and um they've only just gotten heavier and they've gotten better like especially with adding corpse grinder into the mix um this one is rad it's like it's more technical still brutal sweet riffs awesome solos it's like if you like cannibal corpse you're gonna like this and it's been getting just like rave reviews across the board so i am on full fully on board with it awesome awesome album yeah i liked it um i think probably my only pick to knit knit to pick about it is like um sometimes you don't realize when they've they've gone from one song to the other. Right. Like, which I think honestly, like, I don't know. It would be interesting to see an interview with them or if they talk about it, like that could also be very much like an artistic decision and building an album, which is why I think it's super important. And I love Spotify because our podcast is on it. But beyond that, um, like it's important to listen to albums that artists put out, they put it out for a reason. And like this one, I felt the sense that like, there's a narrative to it in a way like it never there's not these like harsh song differences and like you know it was just like it all kind of like bled into each other and it was brutal um really good riffs i think the rhythms the rhythms were great and then the you know the drums were obviously fantastic yeah and um, Cannibal Corpse, back to what, uh, to piggyback what you said, Bobby, like Cannibal Corpse falls into the category that I like to put that I've made is um, they're, a, they're the meat and potatoes category where like they're the band that's going to put out their style every single time because that's what their fans like. That's what they play. That's what they're good at. Same with bands like ACDC, same with bands like Motorhead, same with bands like Black Label Society. Like, you know, you're, it's not, they're not there to like, you know, spin, um, t- push the artistic envelope. I mean, they are artists, but like, that's their jam. They, they're going to make the songs the way they make them. It's going to sound like that. And so, which is cool because not many bands can do that without sounding repetitive. And um, I, I, and for me, it's just like, they're just such amazing musicians. I had the privilege of seeing them live three times and man, they are just, you would think that doesn't sound good live, but it just, it sounds great. And it's just like, you can see, even though it's really heavy and fast, it's just it's super, death metal super intricate when the bands, the good bands play. And um, it's just, there's just not enough I can say about that, but I agree with the nitpick. Um, I just know that they're, they're one of the few bands that can get away with that. So that's my stand on it. 
Yeah, just to wrap this up, it's interesting you mentioned that. And I don't know if I did last episode when I was talking about how did I mention how like Serge was driving his son somewhere and he showed him death metal and he showed him um death. Yeah. And Slayer. Oh, I didn't know I didn't know that. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. because their first tour they was on with Slayer and he had the whole story in his interview with Rick Rubin, how like Slayer fans hate everybody. Yes. Who isn't Slayer. Absolutely. And how at one point in a European show, people they were throwing coins at them. And he made the guy turn the lights on the crowd and basically like bitched him out and they walked off stage. And he said it was so interesting because it's like they're all Eastern Europeans and like when he showed authority, they all got in line. Right, right. And it was like it was just a weird thing, and it made me think of it when you mentioned that. So great question. Yes, cannibal corpse. And I do uh, one more aside. Uh Xander put on a uh, song from the 2020 album by uh, Protest the Hero. Right. And I've listened to that album like four times since then. Fantastic album. Fantastic. It's so good. And like, it's they're a-, a little bit weird. Like, they're not, a, you'll know when they change songs. Yeah, like, for sure. You know. And that I and I just stumbled upon that because I followed them on Spotify and I was like, I always am interested because they're always like different. And that just album, I got goosebumps right now talking about it, is fan fucking tastic, dude. I yeah. there's that's another just a real it's a banger, like really yeah. good. And listen to it on your headphones because yeah, like sure. you hear everything. So really great. Thank thank the good news for bad news, giggity. <laughs> This next one is called is from wrestling fan from France. And they ask, I feel like there are some four horsemen vibes with the pinnacle. I was just wondering if you guys were thinking the same thing and what you thought of them in general. Um, just before I lose my thought, there are only four horsemen vibes because Tully Blanchard is in the group. I mean, as much as I like those guys in the pinnacle, they don't hold a candle and no one does to the four horsemen. Not even evolution did dude. So, I mean, it's just, I'm not going to go down the list and dissect them because that's not fair, but it's just, no, no. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add to that either. Like, <laughs> I mean, I like them. You dude, I like FTR. I like MJF. Wardlow's going to be a beast. If he's going to put in the right direction, the only odd man out is Spears. You know what I mean? Like he's good in the ring, but like his just personality wise, it's just not really much like, he was over in NXT for the 10 thing because crowds like to chant. But then other than the chant, there was really nothing. And Sammy Guevara kind of buried him, you know, saying that, you know, in that inter in that yeah. promo. Um, no, they're not. And you know, the thing is you want to get away from those comparisons too, because they're not fair because the horsemen are the horsemen and who knows the pinnacles new and they might be a good faction on their own. But other, but then that just the only reason I see semblance or uh, resemblance to them is because Tully Blanchard is in the group and that's about it. Yeah. And I think they've used that to kind of like make that connection, trying to get like, and I don't know what the horse, I don't know who you're trying to get if making horseman comparisons, because it's not even like the lapsed fan. It's like, you're trying to get like old, old school fans. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think overall though, I like the promos they did. I think MJF and Chris Jericho battle rapping against each other, which is essentially what they're doing. Yeah. Is great. I loved when Chris Jericho, when Tully tried to like cut it short, he goes, no, you're not cutting my promo short. Yeah, that Chris was Jericho like, was on. He was on fire on that promo. Yeah, he was great. and that's and he is so good at doing that. Where he like, he's he like, 
and we'll talk about it later like the art of breaking down the fourth wall of wrestling yeah. like he did the same thing early on when the, when they all started chanting when the crowd started chanting um we the people and he's like no that was bad creative and a bad character like yeah he that was advice he didn't know they were gonna do that but he put it down in such a way like and so and mjf is gold on the mic like i'm not yeah, he's good. anything away from the mic and just with Jericho, it's just like he knows how to like turn it on, like with like intensity or seriousness or when to dick around. He can turn on a dime. That's why he's so good, among other things. But yeah, it's just like he's one of the best. And but yeah, but other than that, just to wrap that up, no horseman vibes. None. No horseman vibes. There's no. not even any vibes with like the horseman iterations, like so, let alone the pinnacle. But I know. It's like they're not even the horsewoman. All right, back to with around the last, side of, one last last of one. the last or top of the main event, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what the question is. I, it looks long. So, <laughs> the victim of the click. Oh, there's so many. This is a two part oh, question. <laughs> All right, part one. I wanted to know who are some of your favorite non metal punk hip hop bands slash music you listen to? I've heard you guys talk in past episodes of boom periods in wrestling and in music. I know you guys have pretty much said there won't be another period like the Attitude Era in wrestling, but I was just seeing if you guys think we'll have another boom period in music. Sorry about the long question, long questions, my friend, but thanks for the show and the shout out. Hey, thank you for the questions. Uh, I got to catch my breath. You start. All right. Um, Non-metal punk hip hop stuff I listen to. Well, I like a lot of drum and bass, you know, electronic stuff. Um, Diesel Boy is one of my favorite DJs. I like Figure. He's a dubstep DJ. Um, I like Tegan and Sarah. It's two Canadian sisters. Um, they play like some acoustic slash electro stuff. Really cool. Um, I also like Amy Winehouse a lot. I thought she was great, and this will tie into my to your next question. Um, those are the ones. That, I mean, I this is probably going to bury myself, but I like Madonna and Britney Spears and Ariana Grande. Eighties new wave. Eighties new wave. I like eighties new wave. So there's actually a lot of non-metal things that I do like. No, but as he said, he was asking non-metal and hip hop stuff. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there, yeah, 80s New Wave is one of my favorites too. Um, stuff I don't like though, country music, I will never like that. Um, you know, I didn't ask that what you didn't like. You don't gotta, I mean. I know, okay, I won't get into that. that. Burial. As far as um, being another music boom, I don't think so at this point because everything's just oversaturated and everybody's too busy trying to sound the same. I think the closest that it would have come to would have been Amy Winehouse if she la if she stayed with us a little bit longer because what she was doing was just really different with blending in all kinds of old styles and just throwing in her like little um, vibe into it. I mean, if maybe that would have been it but i don't know that's all speculation but other than that i don't think so like everybody's like making the music that they make and there's not really anything that i can see that is going to break through and i've been kind of listening and been into music for quite a while so but i could always be wrong i have before 
Um, you can, and you generally are. No, just kidding. Um, so I think it's an interesting question. I think that the like, I think overall there is really no such thing as booms because it's like it's like there's so much distribution capability that anybody can get what they want. Right. You know, and like Netflix kind of in a way culturally they do because they've got their little trending weekly trending things. And so you get things like Tiger King or Maria Kondo or whatever. And then like with Hulu, like Handmaiden's Tale. So you always get some things, but they're being released in such a way that it like they're all like flashes in the pan. Not saying that they're like just like a one hit wonder, but it's like generally they're all released and like it's it's just like they're cultural moments now. They're not like these long like I feel like boom music is something that lasts like you know, we talk about like eighties new wave. You could say the eighties new wave was a boom, a boom of music. And that yeah. lasted for years and had multiple bands, top hits coming and and stuff. So I just don't think we'll have that anymore because I think no. it, or the last so one verse. Or the last one we had, though, that we went through was when Nirvana came out. You know, that was kind of like, you know, like a period where like, and I think that's what he was trying to, he or she was trying to get at. was like a band that kind of like breaks through and like, just like, it does like Beatles type shit, which is what Nirvana did. And which is like, even more so why I say no to the question, because like, oh, for the um, above things you've mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. I get that too. I mean, you know, cause that's the thing you can look at, like, there was like the pop girl phase, right? Britney Spears and Stina and all that. And then there was the boy band phase and stuff. And now what like, K-pop is like a big deal, but I don't think they're like, they're not culturally transcendent. No. I mean, maybe the, maybe the girls were, because obviously a lot of those girls are still relevant in culture. Britney Spears, obviously. Yeah. She still uh, is. I don't know. I yeah. think that uh, it's an interesting question that we'll have to uh, come back to, victim of the click. But we appreciate all of your questions. Right. And if you want to send us more questions like this, because this is a really good mailbag, you can get at me, uh, Xander Hobbs on Instagram. That's X-A-N-D-E-R underscore H-O-B-B-E-S. Where they can where can they find you, Bobby? The Wrestleocalypse, spelt like it sounds. And I hope you know, because you're listening to it. Um, we got match of the week, but I don't see anything there. We didn't have one, so we're gonna have to skip that one because there was just no time. So we will. I will put. I have one. I have a couple in the archives that I'll put down, and then when I um, hit up the doc, I'll just put those in right away. All right. Well, so that's the thing. That's interesting. That that uh, really is a great segue to my get rid of one. All right. So are we getting rid of the mailbag, the match of the week, the watch of the week, or inside the ring? What Ooh. segment of cool shit is not making the cut? That's tough. So go go over it again. Mailbag Match of the week Watch of the week Or inside the ring wow, obviously, all... We're not getting rid of walkout music I mean, come No on. It's, like, it's impossible Those are all very important um, 
um, segments that we have been one of the best um, pieces of influential wrestling podcasts that's on the planet. But um, just off the top of my head, if I had to get rid of one, just because depending on what's going on and what's happening is I'll have to and what we've already covered is I'll have to get rid of get, um, not get rid of what I'll have to get rid of inside the ring. Because depending on what happens, depending on what's happening, we've covered a bunch of shit. I did just it doesn't it doesn't hold up to the other things where we have. Hundred percent agree. Nice. A hundred percent agree. Because it's like I don't know. When we thought of it, I didn't think that we'd have to come up with sixty nine or seventy different inside the rings. Like, I know, right? Seriously. We've covered WrestleManias, we've covered band moves, we've covered tech like it's just like at some point the ring the ring is ring it's worn man right like and you can you could go back in the archives and look at all the stuff we've covered we've covered different wrestlers we've covered different periods we've covered um the art of the promo we've covered tag team wrestling we've covered um death matches it's like i mean while the while the wrestling world is is infinite it kind of isn't <laughs> like <laughs> Uh, yeah exactly exactly that's i totally because like you can't get rid of the mailbag no no i mean the mailbag is the main eventer especially with this mailbag this one was a banger yeah and of course it always starts cool shit off right it's not coming out with a promo it's no. coming out with a hardcore match exactly. high flying always right. or hard hitting either way either one match of the week just you know you know it's funny because we 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 flubbed the dub on this one yeah but i mean generally speaking it's cool because there are a bajillion great wrestling matches there's a big bag of match of the week dude that like i haven't even gotten like my hands not even halfway in the bag dude it's like still skimming the top so it's like it's like i felt we could have like we could have like two months like we could have so much content just with like aj styles matches oh yeah or like cm punk or like triple h like dude we could go we could do John a match Michaels. yeah seriously you could name any wrestler because these guys wrestle so many matches and you know we could have like a year's worth of match of the week with just like one person right and watch of the week i mean we can't can't all be about wrestling no but we i know we have a lot of non-wrestling fans out there so that have told me that they sometimes have to skip through the first half to get to the second half, which is fine, whatever, as long as you listen to it. Um, so they look forward to um, what we watch besides wrestling. So that's an important one. Yeah. So I agree with you. I mean, we're not saying, I'm not saying this is going to get the ax. Good, good, um, good, get rid of one though. I enjoyed that. That, that one, um, I had to think about it, but at the end, the decision was the right decision. Yeah, and it's nice to sometimes to be self-reflective. Exactly, for Look sure. What we're doing, how could we be better? What do we want to get rid of? It's always how can we be better? There's always room to improve. I know. Oftentimes when I think about bettering myself, you know what I do? I watch TV. There you go. And so that's a you great watching? segue into Thanks. Watch of the Week. Thanks. Um, I'll start it off hot. So um, I've been utilizing my Paramount Plus app, and they have a lot of cool old shows. And so I'll just put a couple that I've been watching. So they have um, a lot of the old real worlds. If um, some of you that don't know what that is, and some of you that do remember, it was kind of like the OG reality show, to be honest. Seven people living in a house, picked to have their lives taped. And um, just... <laughs> Hold on. What happens? 
people stop people being stop polite, being polite and start, start getting real. real. And so um, we watched a couple of those, just bring it back, because that was a show I watched, you know, pretty religiously when I was a kid. And it's just interesting. And I was talking to Janine about this, like... Nothing in the world socially has really changed too much. The only thing that's made it somewhat seem like it's changed is the internet and how everything's exacerbated because it's like all the social issues that they've had that we have now were there back then. Like when the pager goes off and the person from Alabama asks the black girl if um, her if she sells drugs and like just but you know it's just and there's just there's a bunch of other social issues that I'm not going to get into but it's just funny how like a lot of this shit's the same. Same. but other than that it's a fun show it's good reminiscing on that like i'm probably gonna get into season three in san francisco we're watching the la one right now so Venice. that was that was good and then also too um i, I like I, I love watching bar rescue it's um, about john taffer he's a uh, this bar expert and he comes in and he fi fixes these failing bars he proceeds to cut promos on them for doing the stupid shit they do to why they're failing and he does a lot of yelling it's pretty entertaining and it's interesting to see like you know how a lot of these people when they are in this like down like thousands of dollars hundreds of thousands of dollars and they're just doing the same shit thinking it's going to go away but it's not and so it's just interesting to watch um and then just to round this out, I've watched this show on Discovery Plus called Born Like This. It's about a group of people with Down syndrome, and it just shows how they live their lives. It's a pretty interesting watch. Um, a lot of them are, you know, high-functioning um, people with Down syndrome, and they have relationships and working, trying to work jobs and trying to live, you know, life like other people do. So it was pretty, it was pretty interesting to watch. And then this last one I caught on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's called hello privilege. It's me, Chelsea. And it's about Chelsea Handler talking about white privilege. And, you know, I'm not going to get in the depths of what is white privilege or if it exists or not. Um, because, you know, that's a very touchy subject with a lot of people on both sides of the fence. And so it's interesting if you're, um, if you want to see what people think about it, how like different people across the board, look at this thing that we call white privilege and, um, just to see what their spin on it is, so to speak. That's all I'll pretty much say to break that down. It's an interesting watch. Bobby, what are you watching? Yeah, man. So I'm bringing you a hundred percent YouTube on these picks only because everything else I'm watching is on this discovery plus app. They aren't sponsoring us at this point. So I can't keep pumping their products, but I'm watching it like all the time. Like before this, I was watching it. So but these are some really cool things I found on YouTube. Um, this one was super good. The first one is from national public radio NPR. It's about eight minutes long. It's really kind of in a way in the vein of um, like, uh, I can't remember the name, the documentary you brought up a couple weeks ago about fishing. Oh, Seaspiracy. Yeah. I mean, this one is just, it's basically like pulling the curtain back on something that we all take for granted. And I love one of the parts they talk about is like, so they're interviewing people from like a town close to our home, Burbank, California, talking about like, you know, recycling just assuages people's guilt of that they're wasting everything because the reality is is a lot of it can't even be recycled and since china stopped taking all of our shit it's not going anywhere right and so basically it just makes people feel okay about wasting all these single serving things and i think one of the things i like most about it was they really kind of pointed out like this is also an upstream problem. And I have a, 
you know, I have a four-year-old and like Christmas time comes by the time we open all of her gifts, I've got four trash cans full of packaging. Right. And how much of that's actually getting recycled. And you have all these people who are going out and buying these fucking bottles of water, which they're not going anywhere. China's not taking them anymore. Get a goddamn reusable water bottle. It's not that difficult. Right. But it's really good. It's really well done. I love NPR. Second one. This one's, I think, about like 11 minutes, but it's uh, by the New York Times and it's called Where Are All the Bob Ross Paintings? <laughs> they found them and they basically interview a bunch of people from the Bob Ross Foundation and they break it down on how he did his show and what he painted and where all the paintings are. And generally speaking, if you think you're going to an auction site and buying a Bob Ross painting, you're not. No. So it's super cool. I like it. I'm a, you know, back in the day when Netflix wasn't as uh, prolific as it was now, uh, Betty Rebel and I used to really enjoy, they had like two Bob Ross collections and just put it on to go to sleep. And it's like, it was super cool. And like his story is a really good story. So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, GQ Sports, they have a really cool channel where it's a lot of people breaking down different things and the one i picked out that i liked a lot was a two-parter like some questions we seem to be getting these days but i digress um it's the guy annex alex hanold who you guys most of you may know or if you've heard of him is from the oscar-winning documentary called free solo so he's the guy who did el capitan and he breaks down um all the different climbing scenes from famous movies including the uh the epic Tom Cruise scaling the building in Dubai. And I really like that because he premises it like, so I've done scouts on this movie where I've repelled and climbed at. And he goes, and by the way, I don't, to my knowledge, think there's any magnetic climbing glove. And it shows the clip of him like putting it on. So I think that's really cool. But they've got a ton. Uh, Tony Hawk breaks down skateboard scenes in the movie. Jocko Willenick breaks down like combat scenes. Um, they've got like a bank robber convicted bank robber who breaks down bank robbing scenes. So it's a cool, it's a cool series. You can definitely get down the rabbit hole in that one. And then on YouTube, I watch one called old man and the tree podcast, but it's really just like it's a former Duke antagonist, uh, JJ Reddick sharpshooter. And it's like, it's a good podcast, man. And the one I recently watched, that was super good is he had Hassan Minaj on it. And, uh, you know, just kind of talking about how, like, I liked it because they were breaking down, like, how NBA players choose to go, like, dap up the celebrities. And Hassan was talking about the first time he went to the garden. He, like, kept expecting somebody to come up to him at a timeout and be like, hey, next dead ball, we're going to come to you. And they never did. And I was like an ego. He had bruised his ego. <laughs> so I like how they pull the curtain back. JJ Redick, obviously, I mean, Duke educated, um, been in the league a long time. He's very, like, he's actually probably, I like him more as a podcaster than I do as a basketball player. Though I certainly respect, I mean, the dude she has shot like career like 43% from three. Like he gets the job done, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I like it. And he gets, you know, he gets good interviews. He gets all these NBA stars and all these NBA guys. And so it's fun. I like that. But YouTube centric, if you're not watching YouTube, 
you should be watching Discovery Plus or whatever Xander's watching. Yeah. And um, yeah, just I didn't put it on mine though, but I've been watching pretty YouTube heavy, but it was most of the same of the stuff that I was watching last week with the Young Turks and then a lot of Vice News. So it's just like that stuff, like I could go down the rabbit hole and watch that for hours. But like since I've been studying, um, got Janine here on the baseball tip. So we've been having that on. So that's been all right. The but, cadence, uh, the cadence of baseball. Yeah. Lends itself to not paying attention until something exciting happens and then going back go. to studying. It's easy, <laughs> but it's easy. It's not like, and it's not like the like soccer, which will put you to sleep. You can't. Oh yeah. Sleep. That, that won't work. No, yeah. no, but we digress. Um, so one of the never removed, not even an option to be removed, never going to get rid of until the Spotify cops force us to, our walkout music yeah what are you coming out to brother well i'm coming out to this another new album there's been a slew of new albums coming out they've all been really good this one's by a band called bright ear they are a five piece of all women from japan and um they play a lot of sweet like heavy metal awesome musicians this is off their latest album bloody bride and it is the title track so there's not really much to say but check it out I mean, they, they shred. And um, I found this when um, I was going down the baby metal rabbit hole. And I just got a slew of these, like, um, jazz, well, baby metal is like a put-together group. And they have other musicians. But I found a bunch of other um, Japanese artists that were women that played heavy metal, like shredding metal, too. And so this is a good album. And I'm pretty stoked with it. Yeah. And it, here's one of the things that I'm thinking, like, I agree. It seems like there's a lot of new albums coming out and I feel like a lot of these artists sat on them mm-hmm. to release them before they can go tour on them. Exactly. That's what and I now was that thinking. Things too. are opening up everywhere. Like, I mean, once the shows are back in effect, like, yeah, that's what I'm get excited me, get for. Me, you know, call the Von Eriks. I need a babysitter for the prodigy. Right. Betty Rebel and I got to go to go see some shows, man. Yeah, I got to see some shows too. Like, um, what is it? Uh, Megadeth is coming out with the show in September in Irvine, but it's on a Wednesday, so I won't be able to make that. But um, what are you coming out to? All right, man. I'm coming out to this song called Circus. 
uh, by a band called Color Revolt. And it's just kind of like different. Um, you know, I feel like this would be a, it's a good song for me, but I really think it'd be a great song for like wherever Dexter Loomis, who we didn't talk about because the storyline is not very good right now. When he gets good, it's like, it's kind of rocking, but it's kind of like circusy, I guess. Right. So check it out now. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know. And uh, here it is. So something a little bit indie, indie music, something I really like. Um, so I dig it. I hope you do too. If not, well, let me know about it. We can uh, bury you next episode. Yep. <laughs> but we've got our newest segment. Maybe soon to be our not around anymore, but it is called Inside the Dark Side of the Ring. Yes. And I like how you put that because we do have a new episode of a great documentary series called inside or dark side of the ring it's on vice check it out um they just released the first half of a two-parter of brian flying brian pillman and um this is cool because the next episode is on this week so we got to see the first half um what did you think about it bobby before we really get into it i mean uh incredibly well done uh the way they pull the curtain back the people they have doing interviews this one has stone cold steve austin in it and his and and just all that much like a lot of them incredibly depressing yeah incredibly sad like you really feel for a lot of the characters in the story who actually are real people exactly you know like and just uh but at the same time if you love the industry like it's it's it it is it just really pulls back the curtain and you also like it's so i'm just like thinking about it all in my head. And like, to me, I hate Jim Cornette's podcast, but I fucking love Jim Cornette on dark side of the ring. Yeah. And the thing is with Corny and his podcast, you got to take it with like a pound of Himalayan salt because he's working. And like, you know, there's just some stuff I find funny, but then there's some the stuff that he does to stir the pot. But anyway, the Brian Pillman episode was good because what people don't realize is that Brian Pillman was the one that started really 
peeling the curtain back into like what the work shoot aspect like of like thinking if this is real or if this is part of the storyline and like you know him like playing both sides of wcw to get the bigger con to get the first gear one of the first guaranteed contracts that wwe gave and um it's just interesting how he really like kind of molded the art of the shoot promo to where it is today even and there that's just like one aspect of this of the um documentary and i remember watching him as a kid and i remember watching him transition from being like you know the white meat high flying baby face to get turning into like the loose cannon him with steve austin as the hollywood blondes i mean that was i mean i didn't like him as a kid because i was a kid and they were the heels but like they're if you look back on them they're just a really cool tag team you know and um, it's just interesting how, mu how much to that he changed the industry for the better. And it was kind of like quietly, too. And it's just it's really even if you're not a wrestling fan, I think you should watch it because it shows you a lot of like the non in-ring stuff that happens and like how these guys like if you weren't a big name back then what you had to do to get noticed and stuff and like him and steve austin were kind of in that same boat obviously steve austin came to where we know him as now but back then steve austin was just a mid-card guy who wasn't even really thinking about sniffing the main event so it's just it's a it's really it's really an interesting watch and i'm really excited for the next episode that's going to be on thursday yeah, and obviously, like, they, each season continues to get better and better. I mean... Right. This is going to be a good season, too. <clears throat> yeah, it definitely is. And if you haven't checked it out, you can check out the previous seasons, and you can go back in the archive, because we talk about... This is a recurring... This is actually a recurring segment is when we talk about Dark Side of the Ring on Inside the Ring. Right. Um, I think the thing that I thought, and, and maybe it's reading too much into it, was... You know, there's a lot of loose cannon in Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. And he said how much he was watching that and how much he liked it. And, like, I can't, couldn't help but think that, like, obviously his former, his good friend, former tag partner, seeing that he saw, because I think he always got pro wrestling, right? Yeah. yeah. It allowed him to think outside of his traditional pro wrestling box. Exactly. Which, you know, he took that and he did his own character about it. Yep. I also like how like Jim Ross said, like, I think he said something like the best characters are always the ones that are like the extensions of the, the exactly. actual. And, that's and I feel like stone cold maybe he's still selling it but like that's kind of who he is like oh, badass texan you know yeah like venom type thing so and i thought that was really interesting because you know you really see that in the people who get over exactly because it's like and jim ross is right it's like it's just their extensions of themselves and that's why people like steve austin the rock pillman bret hart like you know Shawn michaels you know you can go down the list we're all super successful despite you know not being the prototypical wrestlers because it's like you believed what they said because that's something that they would actually say if they were in an over-the-top scenario so it just shows like how far and how kind of wrestling has dropped, so to speak, character wise, you know what I mean? So I, it's just, it's just really cool. And like I said, this is like, it is as a wrestling based documentary, but it shows you so much of what happens outside the ring that I feel like 
even if a person is not a fan of the pro wrestling industry, they could appreciate these documentaries that they put together because it shows you how much work is put in besides getting into the ring. Because there's so many steps to get in to do before that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I think there's a lot of like true crime documentary in a lot of these, even though not like not everyone involves a crime obviously but just the way they film it the way they shoot it the way they do it like if you like those true crime documentaries you really enjoy this um yeah man i'm totally looking forward to to the season and the next episode and i think probably the only thing that i would have to say to wrap it up was um i could only imagine this man with a twitter account i know like you talk about the loose cannon and just like you look at like what MJF does and shit. Oh, like, I know oh, for sure. Brian Pillman with a Twitter account. Serious. Uh, that would be great. He'd probably be running for California governor right now. Probably. Hey, he's a more serious candidate than most of the people I see. Exactly. And since we can't top that on that note, yours truly Xander Hobbs. Ours truly in this life. I'm Bobby B. And we'll see you next time. Word. In a matter of minutes Dig a lyrical grave And dump his ass up in it I ain't never afraid I push the gas to the limit And we can all run the fade And see who chokes to finish My eyes diminish from the skies I visit and it provides A vision from all the vibes I'm giving out I won't lie But I'm getting so dry From spitting my mouth Is feeling like it's something That all the gods forget Smoke, smoking rappers Out the pipe, bruh they, they don't like it in my fight club They all, they all say They got the right stuff A hundred streams And I don't like one if I gotta bring the smoke like a chimney No joke, I got it in me You just wanna be the most of no envy You never wanted to smoke, quit pretending Light it up, we were getting it up Dome like Cerebro This is the hyperlink to hyper shit to stir the blood in the people A sight to see they might believe a vision being retold Through the eyes of the sculptor look and watch it as they remote Recalibrate and reload this upload look And all scary shit aside I understand that they shook Attention, attention, a terabyte of unreleased floating in the suspension